One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello, welcome to episode 160 of the Square Ball Podcast. I'm Dan Moylan. With me, Michael Normanson. Hello. And Spaniel Chapman. Sorry, Daniel Chapman, aka Moscow White. What are you doing to me? <laughs> Sorry, I've just got Huddersfield on my brain. Uh, the podcast is brought to you by Levi Solicitors. 10% off your legal fees when you mention the Square Ball when you inquire. Levi Solicitors.co.uk forward slash the Square Ball. Uh, heads up, we've got issue four of our fanzine is the current issue at the moment. It was out for the Middlesbrough game. You can still get a copy of that online and it will be on sale at Hull, which is going to be tonight and the Cardiff game this coming weekend. And the winter special that we've done, 148 pages of glorious content themed around our uh, years in League One and our subsequent exit. It's shipping now, I think is the phrase, isn't it? Shipping now. It may even be being put in envelopes as we speak, which will be exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing it. And check out the links to clothes and mugs and all that sort of stuff if you want to get your hands on something for Christmas. It's at thesquareball.net. So our analysis on the match ball mainly revolved around doing dog ponds at the weekend. So do we have anything else to add to any of that? I believe uh, most analysis programmes, I didn't watch uh, football on Quest, but I think they pretty much went down the, the same line. Nobody had a problem with, uh, with that as a, as a story of the match. I mean, do you think Huddersfield are a far worse side now than they were under under Wagner, who was in many ways their German shepherd? He uh, he he Wagnered the dog like a tail, didn't he? Does that work? Is that even close? I don't think so. No. What other kinds of German dog are there? You've got a a Schnauzer. Is that a German dog? <laughs> I'm out of my my depth. Yeah, we needed to get an actual Huddersfield fan on for this if we wanted to if we wanted to do this properly. Barbara Whitehouse. There's one for the kids. No, I think we, we probably just need to stop it now because it's really, really juvenile. But what I will say is Jack Harrison did really, really well with that ball. Who? You know, for the sorry, sorry, Jackie Harrison. Oh yes, that ball. He really managed to whip it. Pablo was on it like a greyhound at the back post. Too obvious. What dogs are good in the air? All of them, I suppose. Which one? Uh, frisbee didn't send a dog to space once. That was Leica, yeah. That Rus- did well in the air. Russian dog. Sort of. Well, I mean, it died in space. Okay. Well, Huddersfield died on Saturday. So <laughs> similar. That goal, we didn't we didn't give it enough credit actually because of all the dog puns. But watching it back, absolutely lovely. The sort of one one two touch stuff all the way from back from the back to the front. It was Brady and Costa with a touch each, and Ketia, Alioski, Harrison with two each, Pablo with the finish. Six players, nine touches, full length of the pitch, thirteen seconds. Just think- an absolute. Bielsa will be able to point to that to his team and just go do this every time. 
This is all we work on. What's underrated as well is that we started defending a, a free kick into our box and when Harrison did put that cross in, there were five Leeds players getting into Huddersfield's penalty area. It wasn't like we only had one or two getting up there. Everybody went forward. I would have loved to see a wider angle of how many players were behind, whether there was just nobody left in our half when the ball went in the net. Even Berardi zooming in at the back post, maybe he can get on the end of this. It was a glorious goal, it really was, and I did describe it on Saturday as archetypal Bielsa. Uh, yeah, definitely one for the highlights reel. They won't be firing up the DVD presses in Huddersfield for Christmas then, it's a shame. Now the megastar won't be uh, graced with this, the Very, presence of yeah, this. I did enjoy your picture of the megastar, it really was just a blue shipping container. It was, and um, I, also, I didn't see this in the flesh, but I also saw pictures shared of the family fun area, or something it was referred to as, mm. and it was pointed out that it looked like something from Chernobyl. It was, uh, it was kind of bleak, wet, pebbly sort of muddy floor you know sort of like like a dirt road you'd get in the country was the was the vibe of it and then with some old picnic tables on and a couple of inflatables it just looked thoroughly thoroughly it had depressing. a sort of a, a refugee camp vibe about it didn't it <laughs> yeah really did you know you've seen that on the news stories before i was this close to releasing a charity single it is bizarre because that stadium is relatively new and it is on a retail park full of relatively new buildings like there's a big fun pub and isn't there a cinema there and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff so you would think they could probably if they wanted to put their shop in something they could put it in a building like it's not impossible to build a building there they've just gone nah a couple of shipping containers that'll be fine (laughs) I guess the the thinking is it's it's not really necessary and if they get relegated again probably just drop the whole thing in the river do away with it the whole club it's just the shipping container oh, for now. Okay. Just, just drop, just push it over the wall and be like, nah, don't need that. All those Terry the Terrier fluffy toys just <laughs> bobbing down the colder. What, what happened to the sexy Terrier that they had a while a few years ago? <laughs> you know the um, the one that they made it all muscly like the the Japanese anime. Is that not still the one? I don't. The one on the pitch looked really um, fat and cuddly on the weekend. Oh, I don't, have they gone back to Bungle? Yeah, they've gone back to that <laughs> Bungle. <laughs> I do remember. I've always given them. Um, down at the Mac, the Huddersfield fan page, a certain amount of credit for their... Uh, somebody did an incredible cartoon when when the Bungle version got kicked out by the, the anime version and seeing him, like, sadly leaving the stadium in this, uh, yeah, the the meeting when he was, he was told, no, sorry, you're not needed anymore. Yeah, it looks a little bit more like an actual dog now, doesn't it? Mm. You do know it's not an actual dog and it might be the same person inside it. Just a different costume. Yeah, I mean, we are talking about the costumes. Sorry, I don't want to sorry, break spo- the hearts spoiler alert. in there. You can actually buy... Can, is this the mascot costume for sale? Costumes with character. There he is. That's Terry the Terrier now, isn't he? Uh, Huddersfield, cos- it's Huddersfield cosplay, this, isn't it? If you want one, you can get a... Oh, no. This specific costume is not for sale or hire. Do they do the crotchless ones? Still? It's subject to copyright and is here for your inspiration only. Uh, what they're saying is that's a pornography site, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? You, yes. What's the, what is it called, the niche? Furries. Furries, that's it. Yes. What's that? Sorry, I've never heard of this. People who dress up in shit like that. What, for kinks? Yep. Right. Furries. You've, you've ever been to Moscow's flat? <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason you haven't. <laughs> wall to wall with that stuff. <laughs> that's a lie. Is it right that his car is like Lloyd's out of Dumb and Dumber? <laughs> <laughs> Big furry... Furry mobile. Anyway, our analysis of, that's of the game—that's what I call it. Anyway, the furry mobile. I feel our, our analysis, our analysis of the game, has gone somewhat awry again. The subtext here is about them and their attitude towards us, isn't it? That's what it's all about. Because I think nothing would be more glorious this season than us going up. That's priority number one. 
if we can send them down as well at the same time and just restore the natural order of things, which is ridiculously arrogant of us to think like that. It is, yeah. But I was saying, because I did this walk before the game and I was I was chatting to someone on that, saying how when I was a kid, I sort of had a bit of a soft spot for Huddersfield because we never played him in my time following Leeds. So I just thought, oh, it's nice to see Huddersfield doing well. And mm. then we got to play them one day and it was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> they absolutely hate us, like... To an, to an extent that you would have, I would have never expected. And there's a there's an irony with Huddersfield and the way they regard themselves because they've gone through this whole David Wagner German mates with Klopp fashion thing. And I think they're still a little bit stuck in it because they then had that sort of shit sort of charity shop David Wagner version that took them down. Siver, Siver, whoever. Yeah. And then they've got um, the Cowley brothers in now, who they seem to be putting themselves. They're doing that very kind of football intellectual thing where they're standing on the, the side of the pitch looking pensive. And yeah, there's kind of a cult around it. Isn't doing there, yeah. doing a lot of lots of notes and everybody's got iPads out and they're all like the 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 way they were praising uh, Marcelo Bielsa's tactics made it sound as if they knew what they were, we're talking doing, yeah. about. But then if you look at how Huddersfield, that's, that's a, uh, a Warnock trick, is that isn't it? Well, that's what I'm going to say. If you look at how Huddersfield actually played on Saturday, that was mid nineties. Uh, Warnock Huddersfield to an absolute tee. They had a big lad up front, banging it forward to him, playing for a thousand set pieces and time wasting as much as possible. Well, he just had these two guys on the on the sidelines going like, oh yeah, obviously we're basing this on uh, the really interesting uh, theory that we learned from a, an obscure 1972 uh, Hungarian coach. Yeah, he uh, he was really the originator of the idea of banging it into the big man up front. <laughs> and laying uh, down every time there's a ta- challenge on one of your players. So it would be great to see them in their, uh, their relegation decider as well. We're going, yeah, well, we're going to be uh, splitting the fullbacks today and uh, we're going to be uh, playing out from the back. And no, I was just banging it long to the, the reincarnated Andy Booth as their last desperate attempt to stay in the division. I know we've seen a lot of it this season, that kind of trying to drag, teams trying to drag us down to their level. We've spoken about it as a theme quite a lot on the podcast, but I was surprised by how much they did that at the weekend. I was expecting better from them, actually. I mean, they caused us problems with it, don't get me wrong, but even still, I thought they would have at least tried to make a bit of a game of it. I think it. partly that was due to how we played. In the press conference yesterday, Bamford came out and said, we were shit. Like, this is not how we expect to play. And then it improved in the second half. But I think that was, they were probably surprised by how, how ineffective we were in the first half as well. But, you know, you can have a, when you're on a six game winning run, you can have a, a bad half. That's they fine. Did, they did manage to disrupt us. Um, we were out of our normal flow. Bamford isn't wrong that we weren't great. And it's one of the games where you can sort of you look at the stats afterwards and possession was down. I think we were 59% possession, which is an outrage to this team. And um, It's an insult. Yeah, and our, our passing accuracy was was a bit down. It wasn't as good. And um, we just, yeah, the, the numbers tell a story of this match that we, we weren't on it the way that we have been in other matches. And some credit probably has to go to the Cowley sisters for managing to harness whatever it was they have in that Huddersfield team and the desperation to beat Leeds which I think is probably what a lot of it had to come down to because and they had the injury crisis and a, a bench full of teenagers. I'm sort of giving them a little bit of credit. We also had a bench full of teenagers. Our teenagers are good though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sort of giving them a little bit of credit for managing to to disrupt us to that extent and certainly in the last 10 minutes if it had been nil-nil I would have been very worried about um, the way the game 
ended. I don't think we'll have that problem in in many other matches. I think it was just some of the the unique circumstances. We were, after all, playing a recently Premier League team in a heated local derby, so it's not going to be an easy one. We didn't have Calvin Phillips either. I think no. that was the other thing. Or Liam Cooper. Yeah, from, Cooper. The, from, the, from the first half. That or Adam Forshaw. Ruined. Well, we never have Forshaw, do we? As we've discussed, he's, he's, he's passed away. No, but if... Uh, <laughs> Under normal circumstances, Forshaw would have been the easy replacement for Calvin yeah. Phillips. So um, there was a lot of disruption even before you had Liam Cooper dropping out. And yeah, the madness of, yeah, we had a, a defence of fullbacks, two of whom are wingers. So it's already, it's a mess. And like, I mean, Stuart Dallas wasn't playing at fullback anyway. So where do you, where do you even start or begin? You just had, um, and you could see with Ben White that he wasn't comfortable with with what he was doing in, in Huddersfield. Yeah, they're, tactic was very Warnockian like, they've moved that kid out of position target him he won't like it but in the end the quality told didn't it because we're ace and they're not and it was should have been a 3-0 win we, yeah. didn't, we completely missed this out yeah. as well the the offside goal which in the time in the stadium I just thought yeah, linesmen are generally pretty good at this and Bamford is normally offside and Bamford is normally offside but on this one yeah Dallas, it was given for the for Dallas, wasn't it? It was the offside. So. And he was miles on, like at least a yard on side. And a silky cross into the middle, just for Bamford to nod it home. Dive, it turned it into a diving header, though, which was nice, because he could have like just chested it and all. That was one of those. And tapped it, but he thought, no, diving header. Well, that was one of those that, where you can really take the piss with your mates, you know, where you roll it and stop it on the goal line, get down and head it in, like on, you know, on the floor. I think the way Bamford's game has been going recently, he's doing everything he can to upset opposition fans. It wouldn't surprise me to see him doing this sort of thing. You just reminded me in the first half, was it Luke Ayling who chested the ball back to Keacock? Yes, in a, in a terrifying bit of calm. <laughs> yeah, it was better. Sort of it seemed like a bit of a loose ball, didn't it? And yeah. it's like, your instinct is just get it out. He wasn't in space. There was no. a lot of people crowding in on him. And so. you, your brain kind of just takes that half second to catch up and it goes, what are you doing? And then you, oh, that's brilliant. Actually. Oh, that was well done, yeah. Mm. yeah. Good piece of judgment. That's why you're a professional footballer and I'm not. He was good in this game with Ayling, actually, I thought. He was yeah. one of his best games this season maybe he is the centre half after all We'd, if Ben White has to go back then we just play Dallas at, at right back and Luke Ayling at centre half seamless we won't miss him a word on Bamford who would have thought that it would take coming to Leeds to turn him into the nasty bastard that uh, that we all know and love today he's, he's a very odd sort of nasty though isn't he he's one of the more obscure Bond villains he doesn't do any actual nasty off the ball stuff. He doesn't really kick people or anything like that. He just mildly upsets people by being a bit hysterical about certain things and stays down a bit longer than he should. He's a bit arrogant with the crowd and stuff. And it's just, and I think it builds and people just, I think people don't like him anyway because he's kind of a posh boy. And now he's a posh boy at Leeds. You get the, you don't know what to think anymore. With an it's attitude. Like, it's like, oh, he's, he's, he's just so fucking oh Bamford I that's hate it, him that's it. he's not going to come and pinch your, your, your lunch money is he you'd laugh in his face if he came no, up no, to you no one can quite put the finger on why they hate him they just do just, just hate the sight of him he said yesterday that I don't see myself as a nasty horrible guy but everybody else sees him that way so um, and all the better he's going to sell the NHS to fucking Trump I know he is <laughs> it is an election week so yes very topical well done um, anything else that we haven't covered from this game because a, hap- a lot happened you've got a long list of dog breed puns that you've put on the, um, <laughs> do we just want to read out a list of dogs well I mean I was trying you know not not to go too far off piece I wanted to try and retrieve the situation a little bit very good thank you I don't know it, it it's difficult to uh, to keep discussing games when we just keep winning. 
What do we moan about? All right, tell you what, Enketia, when he came on, shit. All right. I mean, he had a hand in the goal as well, so you can't really complain, can you? There's nothing really we can no. we can really criticise them for. I mean, one thing we can point out, actually, is that ball, and you drew on this on, on Saturday Moscow, that ball from Berardi to Costa initially at the fullback, because we've not been averse to clearing it long if we need to this season, and you would imagine Berardi's first instinct when that ball drops is to volley it as far with the pitch as he can. And like you say, Co- uh, said on Saturday, sorry, Costa just ran the other side of the, of the defender that was closing Berardi down, just gave him that option to loop mm. it over and then we'll go from there. I quite enjoyed some of the hoofing we were doing on Saturday. I think uh, Click and Ailing in particular were, were just, you know, the team's all a bit wonky. We've got a lot of people out of position. We need to be careful here. Just bang Cru- it. Crucial to hold on to a lead at Huddersfield. <laughs> and I think there's maybe an element of that as well with the um, with the way corners are going, the way that, short corners have suddenly become a thing. I'm wondering if the same way that the option to hoof and the option to time waste when we are leading as Bielsa has kind of gone, all right, look, you lads have played in English football much longer than I have. If you think that's the best thing to do at the end of a game, I'll let you do it. Short corners maybe as well, where he's gone. He Bielsa said quite volubly in his press conference that he believes that whipping the ball in really fast and hard into a penalty area is the best way to score from a, a corner because if you don't have lots of people running at the ball, it's very difficult to defend. We haven't scored from that a hundred times. So I wonder if he's gone to the players. It's like, you know, you've got some short corner ideas. Try him. Yeah, he likes solving problems. That's kind of in his character as well. Well, I think it's this license that the players are being allowed to solve problems. I think he's, last year, it was almost 100% Bielsa is giving them every instruction and what he said this year about he's maybe stepped back from training a little bit because he thinks they've learnt it. They've, they've they know as much as they need to know if they've been through that year with him. Now they've got that basis, that grounding in his his beliefs. He's listening to them when they come back and say, "We think some short corners might be good, or we think that under certain circumstances we need to just hoof it." And he's gone, "All right, yeah, you've spent a year trusting my ideas. I'm going to trust you as well, and we'll we'll meet halfway on this stuff." Because it, it was noticeable the way Click in particular was just banging the ball up in the air out of midfield just to get some pressure off when we needed to. And it's a relief. It it works. It's not a, a bad thing. And I just, I imagine... I think Bielsa's had the Michael Brown videos out at the training ground. <laughs> I, I, I need you to do more of this. He's probably more sat on his bucket and every time they do it, he probably like flinches. Something inside him dies. Like, I can't believe my t- I'm letting my team just bang the ball forward like this. But... It's good. Compromise is good. A couple of things that arrived in the mailbag via WhatsApp. Our number is 07899 Lloyd-Jones, he sent us a beautiful video of Berardi in action. I hadn't seen this at the time, so see if you can track this one down. It's the view from behind the goal, the replay. You know when Kiko does the save, there's the header, and he saves it on the line. And at that moment, Berardi is in a Kirklees sandwich. There's one of them either side of him. The classic Kirklees sandwich. Was it and, a hot dog? You know, they banged... Is a hot dog a sandwich? I mean, that's an old an old debate. Is it a hot dog or a sausage sandwich? It's a debate for a different day. Uh, <laughs> but it does get one more dog reference into the podcast. That's the important thing. Carry on. It does. But let me just give you a pointer and get back on to what we were trying to talk about. This, uh, You know, they kept banging into each other, did Huddersfield, and, and lying on the floor quite a lot. 
Yes. They did this when they both went up and they banged into each other. And Berardi, he roars and celebrates the two of them being polaxed on the floor <laughs> in this little video clip. And he goes, yes, yes, like that, in that kind of insane way, which is very nice. So thanks to Lloyd-Jones for that. And uh, Matthew, who was in the Dog Bother as end, so he was watching it from the uh, from within the Huddersfield fans, which you've done before, Moscow. So would you like to read uh, some of the comments that he heard when the You're Only Here to Watch the Lead song was sung? Yeah, someone said, uh, I'd rather stick pins in me dick. And somebody else says, I'd rather shove a wasp's nest up me arsehole. <laughs> Wouldn't you, lad? And this other one's quite interesting. Somebody took a full-on hatred for Stuart Dallas, telling him, uh, you should be in an old people's home, Dallas, you fucking little prick. How old are you, you old How are you still playing, Grandad? How old is Stuart Dallas, by the way? He's 28 years old. 28. And if, if Stuart Dallas is in an old people's home, he'll just be helping. Because <laughs> the generous, as Lamrani in, dubbed him. Uh, he'll be in the kitchen, he'll be doing the washing in the bathroom, he'll be in every department. Exactly, there's been a you know a, a, an incident in the bathroom, not a problem, I'll deal with it. And finally, thanks to Dan who got in touch as well on WhatsApp, who sent us a picture of the odds on Leeds not being promoted. Said, thought this might be interesting to Michael. Leeds 7-2 to two to not be promoted. It won't surprise you to know I am already on this. <laughs> <laughs> I've been betting against us um, winning promotion for several weeks now. And every time we win a game and those odds improve slightly, another sort of £10 goes on. So by the end of the season, I think I'm going to be looking at... We're probably going to be about 15 points clear with five games to play and I'll still be putting like £100 on us not going up. Once again, thanks to Levi Solicitors for their support here on the podcast. Elite company, sorting out Leeds fans as well. 10% off your legal fees if you mention us when you contact them. Uh, they do all sorts of areas of law, just not criminal and family law, but everything else pretty much, personal commercial services. Have a look at the services that they offer at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Well, this one won't go away then. The QSI takeover talk. There's been a tweet this morning, actually, morning of the whole game, from a, a journalist in Argentina who's reporting that uh, QSI are about to take over Leeds. Are they not just reporting what the mirrors say that the star are saying? Quite possibly. It might just be a media circle jerk, but it's still a thing that will not go away. I think the uh, the Twitter phrase of the last 24 hours has been a friend of mine who works at the hospital <laughs> has, been, uh, has confirmed that QSI are taking over Leeds. Yes. Yeah, there's never anything new, is there, in this story? No. The numbers change a bit, but... It's always pretty much the same idea. The story, this one did come from the Daily Star over the weekend, and it was... Um, but there was hotbed, no, of, hotbed of fact, of um, investigative journalism. There was nobody really with a... I don't think there was a quote in it, there's nobody named, it was just, yeah, we think um, QSI are going to put £10 million in now and then that's their guarantee they can complete a 120 million takeover if we get promoted to the Premier League. And it's just a classic kind of, um, how do we get Leeds fans to click on something? Well, January transfer window's coming up, they'll need some funds, this QSI thing's been going for a while, so blah, blah, put it all together and it's like... Maybe had a look at how the 49ers investment has gone as well because there's some talk that if there was to be a buyout they'd also be in the reckoning for it because they've already got a stake in there. I don't know. So well, it sounds like they've joined they've joined some things that have already happened and gone ah. Well, have you seen but have you seen what's happened with Man City? I wasn't aware that they were their ownership was split as well because Abu Dhabi has the the majority, doesn't it? But they're also part owned by a Chinese consortium and then they sold off some to some Americans. So it's literally all the various superpowers own a slice of Manchester City. So it's not beyond the realms of possibility that QSI might end up buying most of us and Radrizani ends up holding on to some of it. And then maybe, I don't know, you know, the 49ers keep a bit, their slice of the pie or mm. whatever. There's a lot of people involved. I mean, the 49ers' presence 
is always going to be an interesting factor in in anything that happens ahead. And it's been um, interesting that Radrizani has been uh, retweeting quite a lot of their stuff lately. I think they did they have a former player passed on or something. There was some significant milestone in the life of the the 49ers. So I apologise for not knowing more about Gridiron um, to be able to update fully but he's yeah I'm sure he, um, who is it David Hagel now just give him, give him a text or a tweet or whatever but yeah it's like Radrick's only suddenly remembered that oh yeah actually they gave us 10 million quid the other year so I better I better give them some mind instead of just constantly teasing the QSI thing all along and uh, who knows if it, if it's just people just keeping keeping the story alive so they can keep people looking at their websites this is true that is the way of the world at the moment isn't it Arsenal in the FA Cup Easy win, easy draw. Glad for that one. 8,000 tickets on a Monday night at 7.56, though. That could piss off. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit annoying how the, the Merseyside derby's on the Sunday when they've only just got to have a little wander across a park to get to the, the away end. There's just no logic to that, is there? It's ridiculous. I mean, we'll sell out still. 8,000 tickets will go in a, as short a time as it's possible to sell 8,000 tickets, but it's just a bit shit, isn't it? Getting back from London at that sort of hour on a Monday. It's the economic impact. <laughs> Seriously, some, there should be, maybe industry in Leeds should be seeking compensation from whoever set this game up and saying, we've had absolutely no productivity from our workers on Monday or Tuesday. And um, what are you going to do about it? Because if this had been on Sunday, everybody could have gone, come back and got on with their lives on Monday. Instead, massive inconvenience for everybody involved for absolutely no reason and this will no doubt be accompanied with uh, well across the whole weekend of people saying the FA Cup's not what it used to be is it well exactly you don't feel the magic anymore because it's playing on a fucking Monday night and then they'll blather on non-stop about 1972 as well yeah. People don't mind them blathering on non-stop about no, that we won. That's fine, but they'll say it's not like it used to be, and then they'll proceed to wallow in a load of um nostalgia. Here's the Queen with the cup. <laughs> Mick Jones going up to shake a hand. I mean, I'm happy to always see that again. I mean, I'm happy to see Robert Snodgrass's penalty. I'm happy to see Bradley Johnson's Howitzer. I'd just rather see it on Sunday than fucking Monday. Because <laughs> it does mean a Monday night match ball as well for us. I've forgotten about that, Jesus. We should bill... Is it, is it still sponsored by Emirates? Yes, they've got so. money. We should we should build we should get double time for that on a Monday night. Uh, another game that's moved for kickoff. Uh, kickoff has been moved for TV. Sorry, is QPR on that Saturday the eighteenth of January lunchtime kickoff again? Inconvenient. Though, in fairness, a twelve thirty kickoff just means people will still leave at seven am for it and get there for kickoff. They just won't be quite as pissed by the time <laughs> kickoff comes. But then the plus side, after the game, you can still come home at. 10 o'clock at night so you've had a full day of, of afternoon drinking so <laughs> I mean that's what it's all less, about isn't it I less mean. annoyed about that one <laughs> which is what it's all about just all, all day boozing is it well in my experience of away games that's what the purpose of it is gets you out of the house <laughs> and into a pub a word if we could then on the uh, on the youthier teams under 23s they've got four wins on the bounce now everything seems to be going a little bit too well at Ellen Road and Thorpe Arch They've turned it round from that little spell when uh, didn't we get hammered by who hammered us? Derby did us seven, didn't they? But everything now we're not playing teams that are in a higher division anymore. All seems to be all right. Yeah, matches bogus, uh, slid in a shot. Jack Clark sort of set this goal up with some dangerous play on the wing, and then a over hit his cross. But then it was put back in. McCalmont slid into. Uh, to Bogus and he slid it under the goalkeeper there was a lot of sliding going on 
That was Leeds 1, Sheffield Wednesday, nil in the under-23s, by the way. Under-18s as well, they beat Hull. There's a nice portent for tonight. Well, I mean, going 1-0 down in the first minute, maybe not the, the portent we need. We don't need some uh, Steve Evans versus Blackburn action. But then, uh, yeah, the the goal by uh, Josh via Shergill, really good cut in on the edge of the box. And I'm sure I've seen Snodgrass score a goal like this against Hull for us, where he's just like a just a looping shot from the edge of the area that absolutely pings off the crossbar and, and goes in. And then um, Richard Cresswell's son, who was also the captain, uh, scored a, um, a header from a corner and a second half penalty. So third round of the FA Youth Cup, we won 3-1. So we're definitely going to win the FA Youth Cup this year. Which has always been a nice uh, event in the history of Leeds. There have been a couple of very prominent teams in the past in 1993 and then 97 who won that. Shergill and Cresswell could be following in the footsteps of Tinkler and Smithard from 1993 or Kewell and Smith and Woodgate from 1997. Maybe not Kewell. And congrats to Marching Out Together who won the Diversity Project of the Year at the Leeds Compassionate City Awards. Always nice to see the good work that those guys are doing. Rewarded, good stuff. And more rewards for Don Revy's team, which finally has been honoured with the freedom of the city. Something that was announced around the centenary celebrations, that wasn't it, Moscow? You were in the room somehow. How did you get into that? You blag your way into some civic reception. You scum, why did you get in? <laughs> Anybody could go in. In the end, yeah, I was just asked if I was going and I said no and they said, do you want to go? And I said, yeah. We didn't so get asked. Did you get asked? Nope. But I shall take my sheep to the centre of Leeds anyway. <laughs> Like I mean, I did not try and stop me. I did not get the freedom of the city just because I was in the same room. <laughs> and I didn't get to go to this proper celebration. I had to sit through Angus Kinnear wittering on about the <laughs> stadium for 20 minutes. So it wasn't exactly that exciting. There was a uh, Bucks Fizz though. So I did have about four glasses of Bucks Fizz at the thing. I left the buffet alone though. And if you do want the full story of the day, then yeah, if, if you're wondering where your your brave local journalists were that afternoon, absolutely stuffing themselves stupid at the uh, the buffet, but having a you know having a happy time with it. I just went for the booze; they went for the food. What, you, I didn't actually have any work to do. What was on the buffet? There was chicken legs and was it your classic like stuff, working like, man's club buffet? Any bread yeah, and dripping? Yeah. I didn't see any bread and dripping, but it was um, yeah, it was pretty. Pretty stock. I mean, it looked good, but I was um, I was saving myself for the uh, the two hundred pounds centenary dinner I was having later. <laughs> <laughs> what a prick! <laughs> so I just, anyway, should we talk about the the Reavy team getting this fantastic honour? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll come back to the dripping in a bit. They got a fantastic honour. Everybody from the uh, nineteen sixty seven to nineteen seventy four who was part of Leeds United, not just the players but um, staff as well, and they had. Uh, representatives, interestingly, of John Charles' family there. I don't think they, I don't think he will have qualified under the, the years that this was for, but it's nice that they, they recognised and, uh, and, and shared the invitations out. And it clearly meant a lot to the players involved and the people involved to be, to be granted this. And, um, and it was an interesting thing with the, the interviews that were done with, um, Eddie Gray was the, the main player who went, and I think he signed the ledger that you have to sign to say that you you now have this alongside Alan Bennett and Jane Tomlinson and Winston Churchill and Nelson Mandela and lots and lots of other people. And he and Norman Hunter and Alan Clark and I'm sure everybody else um, that spoke to all said that it was a shame that Don Reavy wasn't alive to see it and that um, Billy Bramner also couldn't be there, um, Bobby Collins, Paul Maley. And that's true, but it, it didn't make me think about when we honour people and and how 
soon that that could happen because oh we've really got it Elland Road is the the Billy Bremner statue that was put up when he died and there's the Don Reavy statue and the John Charles bust that supporters absolutely fought through the Bates era to make happen and then after that if you sort of say well maybe we should have one for Howard Wilkinson or Eddie Gray I think would be tremendously deserving or Jack Charlton or something there's always kind of like well they're not dead which I find always is kind of a very curious response. It's like, well, we'll wait until they're dead and then we'll do something for them. And then also there's a bit of a, I think there's a bit of a problem with the pecking order as as well. I wrote the Square Ball Week about this over the weekend because our website was crashing. I don't think anybody saw it. But there's, there's sort of a log jam there where there's a lot of people where we sort of feel like we should pay tribute to Howard Wilkinson's team because it's if you do want to think about how long you have to leave it, it will soon be 30 years since the last Christ. trophies we, the last things we actually won. You know, you know, people tell you, older people, that life goes very quickly. It's only when you think about it in those terms that you realise it really has gone quickly the last 30 years. And Christ. that's it. And I think after hearing players like Norman Hunter and Eddie Gray saying how much it would have meant to to Don Reavy to, to be alive, to have had the award of the, the Freedom of the City, which was really recognition for everything that he did and particularly against the context of that he wasn't really appreciated in his lifetime. Uh, Leeds fans certainly did, but the relationship between Leeds United and the, the wider city was not always that great. I think I may have mentioned on here when talking about my book before that the the 1970 season when we didn't win anything, so Don Reavy cancelled a civic reception and the Lord Mayor went on the, he was the, the headline on the front of the Yorkshire Evening Post was that the Lord Mayor was calling Reavy chicken-hearted for, uh, for backing out of a civic reception because he'd already got all these pork pies out that were on the way, they'd, they'd booked the sandwiches, they brought the plate out and then the Reavy had said, well, actually, we didn't win anything. Half the players have already gone on holiday. Some of them are already on England duty. We just don't think it's a good idea. And there was letters to the paper for days with people saying that the the, the official YEP line was that they had let down um, their fans, their city, their Lord Mayor and themselves and, uh, and letter writers back them up saying this is terrible sportsmanship. So that was kind of the attitude that Reavy often got from the the Civic Hall. So it would have been beautiful for him to see that completely turned about where now years have gone by and we do actually recognise how important this was. And here is the honour that would mean a tremendous amount to you. Well, I don't think necessarily players like John Pearson and uh, Dylan Kerr getting the freedom of the city of Leeds would be appropriate. It would be nice if... Um, as many of those players are still around, obviously Gary Speed is is one who'd be absent. Of while they're all still here, enough time has passed for us to probably be able to say we wouldn't be risking anything if we actually pay tribute to that yeah, team yeah. while they're still around to enjoy it. I think it'd be really nice to see a statue of Wilkinson. I think that's one of the things we should honour um, because he transformed the club. And I think if we're going to do anything, it should be that photo of him carrying the league championship trophy towards the cop so you see him pictured from the back and he's just got the trophy down by his side I think that'd be wonderful mm-hmm. no one knows what he looks like from the front in that picture but I'm sure well, we can use a bit of like grin. Howard Wilkinson yeah. doesn't he? Really... <laughs> whether he's scowling or whether he's just sat, you know got a satisfied smile but even still I think that'd be beautiful that'd be a, a great addition to, to statuing I think we should definitely look at that yeah and even if it was because uh, it always gets mentioned that the the training ground would be a, a good thing to bear his name and even if it was if it was that but something to to recognise him and the team and just make sure that that, that gets done uh, sooner rather than later because there does come a time when it's 
it's too late for mm. a lot of people who were who it would be nicer if they were there and it, it would have been nice if the players who received the freedom of the city this week had been able to receive it without also having to express this sadness that they all felt that even Billy Bramner, who was passed at a, a terribly young age, wasn't around to uh, to enjoy it with them. And um, I'm really telling as well about the bond within those players, that that is how they felt about it, that they were really proud that they were receiving it, but not a player who was interviewed managed to speak about it without saying that they were they had a sadness that they weren't all still together. You know, it just occurred to me then what we were saying about time flying. My daughter is now the same age that I was when Leeds last got promoted to the top flight. Could be a good omen, that. And Liverpool going to win the league as well. Mm-hmm. It's on, isn't it? It's on like Donkey And then Kong. just think how old she'll be when we win something again. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, I'll be long gone by then. I won't have to stress about it anymore. That'll be fine. Thanks to you if you got involved in the centenary kit draw as well. We announced the winner of that on 159, didn't we? Uh, if you haven't caught the podcast yet. What was his name? Aaron Price won that. That was it. Pricey. Pricey. Well done, Aaron. Lucky Pricey. Yes. See, there's another centenary signed kit draw. It's like it's almost like the club have seen the success of ours and gone. We could do that, couldn't we? Mm. <laughs> Five for a ticket. Ah, oh, well, there's another one if you want to win it. Still for a good cause. Well, they say imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. So um, good on them. And if it raises money, because that's um, all going to kids and hospitals and it's, it's the know. children's heart surgery fund, isn't it? Exactly. So can't yeah. really object to children having healthy hearts, can you? Not in the slightest. <laughs> <laughs> and we are also raising some money for um, the Leeds Cancer Centre and the Breast Cancer Action Group as well through our 2020 calendar. Now, they have near sold out, haven't they? But we can do them reprints in batches of 50, I believe it is. So we'll get another couple of batches done. But do get one of those. Um, that is on sale via the website. If you go to the squareball.net forward slash calendar, it'll take you there. So everything we make from that is going straight to the charity once we've paid for the, the printing of them. And it looks great. It features all the artwork that we've had in the magazine across the last few years and this last season as well. Final word on us as well. I hate talking about us because it's, uh, it's self-indulgent, but we are off down to London uh, next week. So I'm not quite sure when we're going to record the podcasts next week. We'll have to work that one out. But it's the, uh, the Football Supporters Association annual awards and we're up for podcast of the year. So thanks if you've listened. It's been, it's been good fun the last year. They didn't um, put it out to a public vote this year. I think when we were in uh, the magazine category, which we've been dreadfully excluded from this year, I have to say. Very, very sore point around, the, around <laughs> these parts. But I think when we were, that was put for a public vote, I think we won it by such a margin um, <laughs> due to the dangerous. amount of dangerous. cheating that we encouraged. They've they've done this one by a decide, panels deciding it. Uh, I dare say a leads a leads hating panel. We should point out that we we declined to cheat in the first year that it was a public vote, didn't we? Because yes, we didn't uh, we didn't think a public vote was appropriate for that category, and they went ahead with it. And when we were nominated again the next year, and it was a public vote, we thought, right, we'll cheat and we'll win. Let's show us up for the complete yes. <laughs> scandal that it is. We tried to make our point that the biggest uh, the biggest would win, which it, it did the year that we didn't try because it went to stand against one football who just had the, the biggest readership of them all. And then we bumped into the Chester City fanzine there who sold about 50 copies and they were just like, yeah, we, we won't win. And we were like, yeah, we, we don't think this should be a public vote. But next time it comes around... Yep. If, it, if, they, if they're stupid enough to do that again. What we will say is, if you are on the FSA panel and you are now judging this podcast <laughs> for podcast of the year, we didn't mean any of that. <laughs> you know, we, we really appreciate it. It's constructive feedback. <laughs> I feel like we're building a better FSA. Yeah, it's nothing we didn't say to them at the time either. Let, no, us win, exactly. let us win this trophy and we won't badmouth you again. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Well, now that promotion's in the bag, we can just start planning the party, can't we? The end of season promotion party. And that is what the booze baton is all about, conceived by Eden J. Harris, our mate Garden, on Twitter. Um, he's tracking this for us, the location of where it's going to be. It's been in Liverpool. It started the season in Leeds. If you've been listening, you'll know this. Uh, started the season in Leeds, passed to Stoke when they beat us in the League Cup and then so on and so forth. Liverpool, the current holders, probably just going to keep hold of it forever because uh, they faced Bournemouth at the weekend probably for the best that the party's not in Bournemouth at the end of the season I think it'd have been nice to dig out the old Bournemouth were sorry banner I'm sure it's still in the, the vaults at the at the City Hall somewhere although 30th um, it would have been the 30th anniversary <laughs> of promotion from the second tier to the top tier so it would have actually been appropriate really wouldn't it they'd be delighted to see us again I'm absolutely sure but no they didn't they didn't take it so but it could be in possession of a Haaland by the end of this evening because they're playing Red Bull Salzburg in the Champions League tonight at Liverpool so that'd be nice in a way Alfie and his lad Salzburg would be good. We'd have to avoid the uh, the Red Bull side because they did destroy a football club. But we can. I've hung with uh, with some of the Austria Salzburg lots, the Violet Vice fans who started again after they were banned from their club for trying to wear their club colours. If they weren't dressed as cans of Red Bull, they were no longer allowed in the stadium. So they decided, fuck this. We'll go and start our own football club and have a much better time. So I would definitely be up for. Um, We'll we'll bring Haaland back over to the the side of righteousness, get him to play in the uh, the Austrian fifth tier. <laughs> yeah, for anyone who doesn't realise, Austria Salzburg used to be a club that was had always existed there and played mm. in purple. Then Red Bull came along and went, "We'll just change all of that." Thank you very much. Kit name everything. They're yeah. a soulless enterprise. Thank God that Red Bull Leeds never uh, never materialised and were just more likely to be in the hands of those nice guys with their Middle Eastern <laughs> blood money. To be honest, that's a rumour that probably needs to be brought back at some point. With it, It's lacking from the current QSI uh, 49ers speculation. Where is the uh, Red Bull shock bid for Leeds? Come on, Daily Star, what are you doing? You were stood next to Garden, weren't you, at Huddersfield anyway, and he, he was frightened to speak to you. <laughs> Bless him. What's he like? Is I'm, he, is I'm, he not, right? I'm not an intimidating man either, it has to be said. But his mate was like, oh, you're from Square Ball. Uh, no, he's nice, nice lads, yeah. Yeah, I, I look forward to having a, a full week in Bratislava or wherever we end up with them. Because it's going to be a full week, I think, by the end of the season. <laughs> Once my, uh, actually, I, I probably need us to not get promoted to have the money to spend on this because of my bets. 
I don't know. I'll work, I'll work something out. I'll work something out. But no, it's, no, it's nice. like Sophie's choice, isn't it? That I don't want it to be Salzburg though, because I was trying to look for bad reviews, and it, they don't seem to exist. Like all the night, mm. the nightclub reviews in Salzburg. Salzburg ain't ready for a bunch. They of just sort fans, of say it? it's it's quite nice. Some of the staff were a bit slow to serve me. It was about as bad as it got. Outrageous. No one like no women getting undressed forcefully on the dance floor or anything as we've as we've had. That was one of the reviews, wasn't it? I'm sure. <laughs> is this is this what you're seeking in a nightclub? Oh, it's, it's nice to know something like that could happen. Back to your Pontefract roots. We've had lots of fun telling the story of Neil Warnock. You won't think it'd be fun, but it has been quite fun on our other podcast, The Extra Ball, this week. If you fancy subscribing to that, two ninety nine a month, your first month free. Uh, bonus content every single week. We've been covering the story of Neil Warnock because he's now he's, he's not doing anything, is he? He's unemployed. Yes, it's the uh, it's almost like the story has come to an end unless he gets resurrected. I just feel I've got one more challenge. One Coming, more. Shooting up out of his coffin covered in soil. He'll surely be appearing this weekend, won't he? Leeds Cardiff coming up. That'll, be a, that'll be a great opportunity for him to get on Sky or something. He's probably onto them now. Like, can't you get that game on telly? Do you need any uh, half-time summarisers? What, what do you mean it's not It's not being shown? It's it's a big game, Leeds versus Cardiff. It's the, war, the Warnock derby. Uh, well, well, we'll come on to that in a second. It's another Neil, isn't it? But if you uh, do want to hear more stuff from us and you want to get behind us as well, subscribe to The Extra Ball. Part three of the Neil Warnock special this week, which covers his time at Leeds and what a glorious time it was. I'm going to do a Mark Lawrence in here. Nat. We've also got goodies up for grabs every single week. If you have a look at the squareball.net forward slash The Extra Ball, everything you need is going to be right there. Tuesday morning that we're recording and we got Hull tonight so chances are you're going to hear this after the game so we won't spend too long on it but there's not a right lot to say is there about Hull it's just another game we should win but another one does, does this feel a little bit like a banana skin to you this one in the same way that it did last year actually probably because I've completely ignored Hull all season so I'm looking at the details on them I know they've got Jared Bowen but then the news that Grant McCann is their manager is just something that I paid absolutely no attention to he came up through the uh, the youth system in Belfast, Lisburn Distillery, which begs the question of how they ever got any football played being at a distillery, particularly the kids. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. A bit of a nip of whiskey for the for the for the lads. Yeah, they've got, they have got Jared Bowen, fourteen goals, four assists this year. Take him out, they're probably somewhere around the relegation zone. Yeah, I think the the uh, the thing to compare it to is who else has any goals in that team? It's uh, Grzycki, the uh, ice hockey player, has five. So that's it's a big drop from 14 to 5. They've played the same number of games as well. And I assume Grzycki is probably their striker, is he? Whereas Jerry Bowen is not their striker. I think a winger as well. Well, who the fuck's the striker and why isn't he scoring any goals? They've had some really weird results as well, haven't they? Like, um, they won at Fulham 3-0, which is a great result, and then beat Preston 4-0 at home as well. Then couldn't beat Middlesbrough. What's, what's going on there? Is it just a sign of an inconsistent side that will probably turn it on tonight? I mean, Bowen did it last year. How, how did it end last year? I know we lost. Badly. <laughs> was it Mr. Uh, OHP? What's his name? Uh, Atkins. Was, Atkins. Was he their manager last year? He was, I think, yeah. So, I mean, this this drunkard's got to be better than, than Neil than Atkins. <laughs> I mean, Grant McCann is he's only 39, so you wonder maybe if he's going to be slightly in awe like a lot of the other ones have been of Bielsa and deferential to him and if he is deferential to him he should be deferential enough to make them lose well I think that it's disrespectful for these young championship managers to try and beat Bielsa I think if they had any decency about them they'd just they would just roll over and let us win which so, most of them have been so I, I'm I'm fully in support of that but we'll be alright tonight Calvin's back it's this confidence this is what worries me because now we're on a roll and it's what six on the bounce we're not going to win every game this season 
this one feels like to me, and I'm, I'm normally wildly optimistic, this feels like the potential banana skin. I don't know if it's just because of last season. I can't feel anything other than confident at the moment. I, I felt it going into the the Huddersfield game. I didn't think we'd we'd do anything there apart from win. And I feel like all are just Huddersfield on the coast. They've got the same sort of shit fans. Huddersfield by the sea. Well, I mean, Almost. Is, is there much difference between the Huddersfield fans and their fucking drum and their German flags and hole with their mauled by the Tigers nonsense, which is not historic. They were doing it after that Fulham game. They, You'd think they'd have seen the reaction to that kind of thing when everybody laughs at them and go, maybe let's not do that anymore because it's fucking ridiculous. And yet there they all are being Fulham somehow and waving their hands in the air as if they want like a kitten wanting some toast. <laughs> Toast. Do you give kittens toast? Have you, had, have you ever had any pets? It doesn't, it doesn't stop them wanting toast, whether you give it to them or not. Okay. You what, want, do, what, do cats eat toast in that, probably? It's not what they... Cats want anything. If you try to oh, okay. eat food around the cat, they'll want it. Got you. You just don't give it to them. And that's why their little paws have to wave in the air for so long. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> So what are you going for tonight then? Yeah, we should win, shouldn't we? But yeah, I'm, I'm the same as you. I do have some some concerns. Maybe just, just years of scarring, I think. And just because they do have one really good player who I think potentially could could break our otherwise perfect system of defending. We'll, um, this needs to be a bit like um, when we played Preston when we wanted David Healy. We need him to be sort of performing for, uh, for our benefit rather than theirs. Because Jared Bowen would probably be a useful player to sign. Whoever could convince him before the game. But I think they did want about 20 million quid for him. Which we'll, yeah, do, it, we'll do in the summer then, when we're up. We'll knock them down when he's at, actually at the ground. Okay. It's going to be 20 million, come on, be serious. How much really? All right then, a fiver. Great, sign here. That's <laughs> how so it'll work. It is. Be all right. I mean, Hull are run by absolute fucking idiots anyway, so it's still the Alams, isn't it? Yeah. Didn't they do that thing of the week where they um, they donated a lot of money to like buy a kidney dialysis machine or something. And then about an hour later, it was revealed that they'd completely like chopped the funding for an entire hospital. I don't remember exactly how it worked. But they just seem like terrible, terrible people and they have done for a long time. Um, so hopefully easily conned. And also that's another persuasive argument. Say, Jared Bowen, do you want to work for people who aren't very nice? Or do you want to spend the every, every working day with Marcelo Bielsa? And don't listen to what Pat Bamford's saying to you. Just ignore him for now. He's he's in a bad mood. He's mean. Well, we do have Calvin back, so that should boost our confidence levels. No Cooper, though, facing his uh, his hometown club. I yeah, I mean, the big thing about Calvin being back is it means that Ben White is back in defence as well, so he'll be much more comfortable. And, and that's one of the things, yeah, Gerald Bowen did maybe... Uh, have some fun with us last year, but he wasn't up against Ben White. Who who did we even have in defence last year? Can't remember his name. But anyway, I think uh, Ben White will keep that full quiet. Hart, hmm. Hart says 1-0 Leeds, Head says one all. I've got a bit of a feeling for a draw, actually. Leeds United win 5-0. <laughs> this massive thumping that you keep predicting, it's it's not reg- against Middlesbrough. regularly coming to pass. Did against Middlesbrough. I think, no, I think this will be one. I think 5-0 will flatter us, but I think we'll... We'll take a lead at some point and then it will demoralise the rest of them. And um, I mean, Bowen, he is dangerous because when, speaking of Middlesbrough, when they played Hull and Borough when had a player sent off when they were 2-0 up, Bowen basically got the game back for, for Hull. I think it was a 2-2 draw and he just sorted it all out. So he does need watching, but if you can keep him, uh, if you can keep the rest of them sad, 
um, <laughs> then I think that that'll be good and I think they will collapse at some point and we'll, we'll score like maybe four in the last ten minutes or something all right, on to Cardiff at home on the uh, on the weekend. No no return for Colin Tyler Road, which is a shame. I was kind of looking forward to that in a, in a roundabout way, seeing what Bielsa did with the Warnock team. Seeing what Warnock did with the Bielsa team. Yeah, well, well probably the same as always, wouldn't he? Hmm. Yeah, I mean the who scored information on them is you would say it's out of date now because the majority of the season has been played with Warnock, but then they employed Neil Harris, who is essentially just a younger version of of Warnock, the proto Warnock. So without going, I could list all the strengths and weaknesses, but in the style of play, but you know what it is. Yeah, the fucking mixer, <laughs> set pieces, the mixer, get Aerial it in the jewels, box, uh, long shots, shooting, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, the style of play, long balls, control the ball in the game in the opposition's half, which means get it in the final third. Yeah, attack through the middle, which means long balls up to Medine. Yeah, it's gonna be um, it's gonna be miserable to watch them. Well, we just have to not give them the ball. That'll solve it. Problem is, they don't need it. That's the danger with Cardiff, is that they have 8% possession and score. Medine scores two headers from, from corners. The hope here is that, that Neil Harris is trying to impose some newer ideas, even if it's just a tweak, and that they Does don't... Does he have an idea? They haven't quite settled when did, down yet. When did Neil Harris last have an idea, do you think? Mm. He built those dams. Can't have been easy That's instinct, though, isn't it? It's not like a fresh idea. Beaver did just wake up. Tell you what, lads, nobody's ever thought of this before. Oh, that's how we'll stop these rivers. It's a shame that Alex Smith isn't going to be playing, former Huddersfield keeper, who we nearly broke that time because we could have finished him off a few times. He's just always made mistakes against us. It was great seeing him. Seeing him in the, it was like a gold start seeing Smithies. It was going to be a net. He'd be like, "Yep, we can just shout some stuff at him for for half an hour, and he will absolutely crumble." There is still some time for something to happen to. Uh, I think it's Melissa Etheridge that they've got in goal at the moment. So if uh, if something befalls them and they're only rated on um, whoscored.com 5.7. So if uh, Neil Harris is, as I suspect he is, looking at whoscored.com for his statistical analysis, he might see that average rating and think, nope, I'm bringing Smithies back in. They have basically switched between the, the pair of them this year because they're both shit. It's one of those ones where they're like, mm, he's got to be. It's when you know you're out of the team for a few weeks and people are like the other guy's better then he comes back in and they're like oh Jesus <laughs> I, would I forgot l- how bad he was I'd love one last dance with Alex Smithies at Elland Road <laughs> it would be great please Neil Harris put him in what are you going for this then I say win this is a win You well before you get too confident what about Lee Pelt's Peltier he's going to be playing I'm going to send any threatening emails in the, uh, the advance of this <laughs> <laughs> malicious communications yeah let's win this I think we should win it I think that would be a, a good thing to do for our promotion charge. And um, yeah, I think this will be, what will it be, our our 10th consecutive win by the time we, we play this? Sounds all right, doesn't it? I'd be pretty happy with that. A celebration now of joy and despair in Heroes and Villains, where we pick one of each. Somebody who has uh, done us a bad one over the last seven days, somebody who's made life better. We start with the, the Ken Bates Villainy Award. Ken's getting a nomination. He's a regular feature now on this um, on this feature uh, what's he getting nominated for this time? Back to Casper, Wyoming. More controversy there. The councilman the, Ken Bates. Councilman Ken Bates. This is yeah, in his, in his one of his many roles that he's taken on in retirement to just to keep himself busy. They're looking at moving in some um, to change the city boundary basically to bring in fifteen houses that are not currently within the the city into it, mm-hmm. changing it round. There's a bit of uh, a bit of dispute with the residents because they're saying the taxes all come up a bit more because they're in a different band. But then they're saying, "Oh well, your water rates will improve because you'll be part of the city deal," which is different and stuff. Um, anyway, they're trying to get it through, but council councilman Ken Bates 
he's not 100% sure on it basically because um, the, the property owners have not been shown exactly how this breaks down in terms of the tax and the I mean, water as a, as a property owner you need to know you, don't need, you? you need to know and Ken, Ken is on the side of property as we know he's he's all about that she said oh, I previously requested that property owners be shown such agreements if they don't want to be annexed personally I don't think they should be annexed Mm-hmm. Annexed is a strange choice of word, I would suggest, for a boundary change, but <laughs> it's this, uh... suggest rather more forceful than than just a, a, a bit of a, an admin do. But We're going back to Oldham's tour of Rhodesia <laughs> in, in 1967. It does seem strange that he's gone he there. The chairman. Mm. Well, I wish them all the very best in Casper, Wyoming. I don't want to hear of any sort of friction around property boundaries. It's a, it's a sad state of affairs. I mean, it's only 15 houses that are affected by this, in fairness. It's... I get the feeling maybe the council in Wyoming and Casper, Wyoming have not got that much on. <laughs> but now, I mean, it's international news now. That's true. That is true. I was going to say the word annex um, kind of has... Don't do this. 1930s sort of <laughs> connotations. Which brings me on to the next nomination. I'm cringing horribly as you say this. That's a, that's a great segue. <laughs> Who's the next nomination? Uh, it's the was it the Daily Mirror who made the most noise about this in the end? Yeah. Um, given that um, Alioski, which is what we're talking about, Janny was dragged like a naughty schoolboy onto Sky to explain his uh, his gesture after scoring against Huddersfield, where because the team manager Matt Grice has been growing a moustache for November and Leeds haven't lost a game since he started growing it, so they're making him keep growing it after Movember. So he he ran to the touchline and he put his fingers on his top lip to indicate... Um, uh, Graeme Smith in his tweet actually described it as the ins- the internationally accepted symbol for moustache, which is perfect. And then he pointed it at Matt Grice. And, um, and I mean... <sighs> If you look back at footage from the the 1930s Germany when Nazis were doing uh, salutes, the moustache was never part of it, you know. No. I think that's that's always a pretty... He just had a moustache, didn't he? Yeah, it's always a pretty clear example of how somebody is not actually throwing a real Nazi salute as an expression of uh, abhorrent beliefs would be if they're they're throwing in a moustache as part of it. So I think that's the... One of the first indicators that you can tell that Gianni Alioski did not suddenly, in the middle of a, a second division English football match, decide, <laughs> decide that was the time to unveil, unveil his beliefs. Yes. So I think it, it was Which all, were a little right of centre. So it, it was all pretty pretty clear. And, uh, and this is one occasion, certainly compared to the way the Daily Mirror then handled it, I don't mind that Sky actually brought him out and said, this looks like it might be a problem. Do you want to get out there first and just say what it was and let's have the story of what that was to, to nip it all in the bud Alioski explained it Jack Harrison looked like he was pissing himself laughing throughout it and then the Daily Mirror and other outlets anyway just decided to mm. go with you know it's a wonder that they couldn't connect Wish.com and Delian Atkinson into there um, the way they did with uh, the Taser story all very unnecessary uh, yeah the headline um, Leeds United star Gianni Alioski appears to make Nazi salutes during Huddersfield win. No, he, I mean, real, as I said. As was, well, I said on Saturday that the fascist salute, it was an extended arm, wasn't yes. it? And this wasn't, he was, he was pointing. It, it was, was a, it was a pointer. It was a, which is also a, a dog reference for you. A moustache and a point, and it was all fine. Do you remember when Wayne Hennessy got done for, uh, 
for this and he said he was putting his hand up to make the sound carry and pointing yeah. but then what to was, get on with the picture or something was his what was crazy about that was that there was then uh, photographs found of him shouting in games where he does exactly the same thing <laughs> and it does seem to be like Wayne Hennessy just has never been taught to shout without looking like a Nazi so he just needs a bit of uh, a bit of guidance as far as anyone could tell. With Alioski uh, as well, he could legitimately have claimed it was poor education because, as we know, raised in the wild, he, he probably didn't go through a, the school system, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought. Janny had a, um, a great quote yesterday because he was uh, being interviewed about working with Bielsa and he said that... Um, he said, he puts me now at left back, but it is a position I enjoy because it means I can go down and up and I am stronger in the head. I am tactically much better. I am more clever in the head, which possibly would have had more gravity if it wasn't the day after he'd just been running around the McAlpine like fucking Basil Fawlty. <laughs> no, I am more clever in the head. I'm. This is smart Gianni now. You should have met stupid Gianni. Right. I've eaten no cutlery in the past week. <laughs> Who else is having a villainy nomination? Uh, Oliver Casey. Controversial move for our new young centre-back, the Ben White in waiting for we, January. We love to, to knock a new hero, don't we, in this country? He's not even had time to be a hero. Well, he's he? not done his time. That's the problem. Poor old Pascal Strike there in the reserves about... 38 years old now, never gets on the bench, never gets a kick. This young lad, come from nowhere. It's Arpo Halme, I feel sorry for. Robbie Gotts as well. Robbie Gotts has been on the bench for about 40 games now, never gets a game. Robbie Gotts will never get a game. <laughs> this chancer, this young brute, comes along, <laughs> bullies his way into the onto the pitch. First chance he gets. And good luck to him. Who else? Uh, Peter Ridsdale. All I need to really give you is the uh, the headline. I think it was in the Telegraph. The headline with this interview was, Peter Ridsdale warns football's economic model is broken and clubs are courting financial disaster. Is this a hot take? <laughs> no. There's two sides. There's one aspect of this is genuinely aggravating because there's a line in it where he says... Uh, some say, and I think I quoted it once with Terry Venables, that I lived the dream. He can't. I know a lot of time has passed, but he can't now get away with saying, yeah, I think some people say that I once said something when I was with Terry Venables about about living the dreams. Jesus, People man. say that that was me that, that said that, and I think it was. I, I think I said, you did fucking say it. It's almost like he's he's seen the, with, I know we're in a general election week, but he's seen the current political climate where you can just throw out, no, oh, that never happened, that wasn't me, I never said that. Doesn't apply to you. Well, it shouldn't apply to anybody where we've actually got footage. I presume he's also forgotten the Seth Johnson story as well because he talks about um, billions being pumped into football clubs to pay some very ordinary players too much money. Yes, that's his. That is his hot take on where the uh, where football is going wrong. We've got a Premier League that is pumping billions into very ordinary players. I wonder who who pioneered that. Bloody hell, it's like taking bloody advice on which gloves to buy from the Boston Strangler, isn't it? Christ, what an absolute mess. Uh, pick yourself a winner then. Uh, I think Peter. Ridsdale, yeah. So it's been a tough decision. Decisions. Decisions. <laughs> but um, yeah, Peter. Yeah, he can't be striding around. Isn't he still banned from being a director? That's why he has to be... Um, Consultant weird. special advisor. Yeah, at Preston. Yeah, okay, yeah. He should just stay quiet forever, shouldn't he now, about football? Shut yes. up. Shut up, man. Right. Ridsdale's got that then, but the Villainy Award. Andy Hughes Hero Awards. Somebody who's, who's made things brighter for us across the last seven days, who's made us smile a wee bit. Who we got? Uh, Louis Coyle. Possibly the best right-back we have at the club. 100 games now. 
So he's uh, he's really uh, developed into a good player for us. He's played all those 100 games for Fleetwood. <laughs> um, and it's now... Uh, who found this in his 13th on Fleetwood's all-time appearance list? I think Fleetwood tweeted it out to say that. I mean, that's incredible. I know, I know Fleetwood have been mainly a, a non-league team and the, at that level you do have more transitory players going through. But 13, that's like... In Leeds terms, he's up there with... You know, Paul Madeley or someone, if you like, up there with the 13th most appearances for a club. And he uh, he celebrated their game. They had a, a, a hot derby at, at Blackpool that had some uh, some crowd trouble, nine minutes of uh, injury time, and Louis Cole twatted a ball boy. It's always good to see. It gave him a bit of a shove, but it was a uh, it was enough of a shove for the um, the mobile phone video that, that captured the moment. How also captured lots of people going. We did have an external self-nomination, which we wouldn't normally allow into this, but it came from Andy Goldman. And we want to say congrats to the uh, the Beeston Neighbourhood team. They just won Team of the Year. Uh, they are a group of NHS physios, occupational therapists, nurses, carers, and social workers who treat patients in their homes in Beeston. He says, uh, quite an achievement considering the teams we are up against in the trust. Hoping Leeds United follow suit, of course. And uh, Andy is the senior physio there within the team. We've got in touch, just wanted a bit of a shout out. Uh, doing some good work there as well. And easily the best physio team in the Beeston area, unlike those butchers at Ellen Road. Are they taking any inspiration from Rob Price's methods or are they um, are they leaving everybody's limbs and internal organs where they found, where they found them? You would hope so. So shout out for those guys. Who else? Uh, Matt Grimes, he's returned to being terrible. Remember when we played Swansea earlier in the season and there was some talk about him having a great season? And... Is he still their captain? Yes, although looking at Twitter, people don't just want him removed from the captaincy, they want him right out of the club now. He's shit and everyone is saying so on Twitter. His and it's mum will be furious. Lovely to see. What has happened? I think um, regression to the mean or whatever, the, however you would term it. He's, he's a shit footballer who is now shit again. I think he had a, a few weeks where things were going well for him and that was plenty. Jimmy Hasselbank was predicting he would be, be a, a Premier League player soon. It looks less likely. And um, Swansea as a whole seem to not be doing as well now. Now old um, John Merrick, is his tactical masterclass is not, not quite what it was. Are they implying that um, Steve Cooper's face doesn't fit <laughs> at Swansea? <laughs> yeah. All right. Good. Nominations? He also ate a bogey off his finger. Oh, that's disgusting, yeah. Let's just... Let's Matt just, Grimes did. Matt Grimes did. Well, he, he can't have a hero award for that, though. <laughs> Steve Cooper possibly did, but because his nose is in the wrong place. <laughs> who else do you want to nominate? Uh, hero, uh, heroes. Jackie Harrison. Oh, we're actually going to talk about a Leeds player, then, who, who's playing for us and uh, contributed to the weekend victory. Not only contributed six assists this season, I think that should be seven, but that one, um, his pass to Alioski, then got a... Uh, an own goal when mm. Bartley put it in so I'm giving him 7 and yeah compared to last season so Pablo Hernandez got 12 last season click 9 was Ailing then seriously our, our third best um, uh, on assists oh, it could be Roof four. but potentially because Roof isn't on the list uh, anymore okay that could be the case. Now, Roof is selfish, just a finisher, just a, a pure-born striker. So he's doing really well, and there's there's loads of goals as well, and he's got the coolest name of anybody in the squad. And um, and that cross for Pablo's goal was brilliant. His cross for um, Bamford's goal at Reading was brilliant. With the, the biggest problem for ages with Jackie Harrison was good first touch. <laughs> Shame about the final ball. Um, but now he's he's good at both. Who has? Who's, who, who sorted that out? Jackie Harrison has worked hard in summer, got himself fit, practice, practice, practice. And um, Well, last season, of course, it was off. only Jack Harrison, wasn't he? 
when you uh, ascend to a, a cooler nickname as well, it just makes you that little bit better of a player too. Those extra letters making all the so difference. Eh? Perhaps I should also be nominated for um, for the increase in form that goes along with the uh, the revelation of his true name. Anybody else then before we close this off? Oliver Casey, I suppose. Is <laughs> it grudgingly? Well, I mean, on reflection, he's he's ruined the life of a few other people, but he did look really good, and he's he's almost certainly going to be better than Jonathan Woodgate, Ben White, Rio Ferdinand, Lucas Radderby, what about Jackie Charlton, Jackie Charlton. You can't put you can't really put an e on the end of Oliver or Casey, can you? Ollie, Ollie. Oh, yeah, I suppose to be shortening it. Then I think the nice thing with with Jack is that you've just given him something extra, and I think that's I think that's why he's benefiting. It's Harrison who's having it, isn't it, Jackie? Yes, I think Jackie has been brilliant uh, during our our winning run, and um, long may it continue. Better than this uh, Bowen chancer that we'll be seeing for Hull tonight. I mean, Jared's not a name, isn't it? What's the proper name, Jared or Jackie? That's what we'll find out this evening. <laughs> So look out for our new show, The Phil Hayes Show, later this week. It's on its own feed. If you just go to your podcast player, it's free, but search for The Phil Hayes Show. You can grab mags, mugs, merchandise, and the winter special via our website, as well as subscriptions to The Extra Ball. Uh, Have a look at thesquareball.net. We'll be back, actually, later on this evening, hopefully not ruining those blasé words about Jared, Jared Bowen and Jackie Harrison. Let's hope it all... Goes to plan tonight. The battle of the Jays, there can be only one winner. And there will. And it won't be Jack Clark. Thanks for listening to this one. We'll speak to you in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 